0: And we are back to discuss more Fire and Blood. This time we'll be tackling uh, the Dying of the Dragons, A Son for a Son, which uh, is the second chapter in the Dance of Dragons uh, storyline in Fire and Blood. Uh, Preston, we're here. We've made it past the first chapter to probably the shortest chapter in the entire book.
1: Right, right. But before we start on this, I have to get back into, like... One issue that that a lot of people in the comments were having was my <laughs> was my claim that Kristen Cole might be the father of Jace, and you got a lot of people like, no, no, that's impossible. It's totally hard when strong, um, and I got I have to address one other thing that I didn't mention last time the, on mm. why. So, um, in case you know, just timeline wise, uh, Jace is born in late. 114. And Rhaenyra and Lenor are married in early 114. So, you know, the nine months, it all works out, but everything happens in 114. Um, and so the idea is that whoever is banging Rhaenyra has to bang her around the time of her marriage, um, which, because there's just not that much time. Uh, Jace is born, as they say, in the waning days of, of the year, which, you know, means you know the the last couple months probably which means you know it's it's around if if she's married in 114 you know it's around the time of her wedding is when she's banged mm-hmm. um now the whole thing is that you know people are like oh what what when was kristen cole's opportunity well kristen cole went to the wedding but he um this is a very very important thing and it's there's just one throwaway line in in uh, in the text, but Harwin Strong um, gets his collarbone and elbow broken by Kristen Cole in the tourney at the wedding. Um, in, in, there's, there's a tourney leading up to the wedding. And so, <clears throat> you know, you have to say, like, okay, with a broken collarbone and a broken elbow, yeah, you're not, you're not going to be up for sex. And this is a big thing, like, that everyone's assuming that Harwin Strong is the father but he is injured. Like, it takes many, many weeks to get over a broken collarbone and a broken elbow, you know? You're not going to be... And plus, the text also says that, oh, uh, Harwin Strong got really close to Rhaenyra because he was her personal protector, you know, after the wedding. And you're like, how is he as per- the personal protector when he can't freaking lift a sword? Like, nothing about the story makes sense. So it was why I say that, like, Harwin Strong... Probably not the father of Jace. Now, which which immediately makes me think Kristen Cole. Now, some now. Of course, it could just be somebody else, and we we've, we you know who's just not mentioned in the text. Which probably you know maybe it's somebody else, but it's definitely See, not Harwin Strong.
0: To the people who dispute Preston, this is your amazing opportunity to be a YouTuber. Get on, get on, get a, a video editing thing. Get a good microphone. Dispute Preston if you don't believe him. <laughs> Make a video. Send it to me. Let me watch it. I'll send it to Preston. We'll see. This could be the beginning of a brand new uh, YouTube channel right here because I I read your comments as well, and people were. Uh, against you on this, so. right?
1: I I just could I couldn't believe it because when I read it, it's like, come on, it's just a little too obvious. Like he paints it a little too obviously that it would be Harwin strong, and so once you start reading between the lines, you're like, oh gosh, or, or looking for the careful stuff, you're like, no, actually, it can't be Harwin strong. He was freaking injured, so he's not banging anybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right now let's get on on with our next uh uh a chapter
0: uh yes so once again as always we're on soundcloud itunes all that good stuff so check us out there Uh, and of course leave your comments down below especially leave your comments down below if you disagree with preston Um, (laughs) but uh, we start the chapter we we read
1: every single comment
0: of course. Yeah. Uh, we start the chapter with Rhaenyra's group making moves all over while she sends her lover and sons to various locations to recruit allies. Oh, by, the, by the
1: way, right, right in the beginning, I love it how they, they say all efforts at rec- reconciliation have failed. Like what? What What? what efforts besides... besides uh, uh, Meister Orwiles, like, pathetic attempt. You know, there's no efforts anyway. It was continue. a decent attempt
0: based off what he had to do. And yeah, yeah everybody well, has dragons, so uh, he's put in a weird situation.
1: Much <laughs> did a much, much worse job than than uh, Cleo's Frey, know, Cleo's Frey, Cleo's <laughs> Frey, much better. Okay,
0: continue. So, uh, Calaris Valerion moves to stop trade to and from King's Landing, cutting off some of their uh, wealth. Uh, but over in Harrenhal Damon Targaryen the rogue prince seizes the castle its wealth and valuable hostages including a wet nurse named Alice Rivers who Septon Eustace says was a woods witch and almost an entire page is devoted to this person who supposedly dabbled in poisons and spells and she kind of sounds a lot like the Diacope version of Melisandre more on her in a later chapter
1: Absolutely. I mean, she's supposed to sound like Melisandre, or specifically um, Danelle Lodston, uh, you know, who who is of Hall. But Danelle Lodston is also just a a Melisandre ripoff uh, character. She also has elements of Wendt infertility. Um, so there's a lot of you know, um, you know, so the, the houses, the, the the houses that had Hall before
0: are like um, cursed.
1: Yeah. So so the Wendt family. Which is actually um, Catalin's matrilineal uh, family uh, are known for being rather infertile, and so um, and and which is why they they die out. And then the the Lostans, you know, have their own little curse before that. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, going back, it's just it's just uh, everybody that has a hall doesn't do too well. But yeah, you know, she's got she's got a whole bunch of those little elements in there. Um, uh, of 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 Danel Lawson and and such yeah
0: but with uh, with Harrenhal taken, it gives Rhaenyra's faction a stronghold within the heart of Westeros and a place for their allies in the upper region to gather. Several notable river lords come to join the blacks, including the Freys, the Blackwoods, <laughs> the Malisters. Uh, Lord Grover of House Tully tried to stay true to his word to support the male heir, which is some, a call back to the Council of 101, and as such, he wanted to side with King Aegon now, but his grandson, Elmo Tully, decided to stay out of it for the time being fearing dragonfire would kill them from whichever side they took.
1: Yeah. Now, now all of this, like mu- obviously we've got the Muppet stuff that, that George thought was hilarious to, mm-hmm. to name them, you know, Kermit and Elmo, but um, we have a near bloodless fall of Harrenhal by, because what Damon, Damon um, flies in with his dragons and they, they essentially surrender. But it's so bloodless that you do kind of have to wonder if the Strongs were really for the Blacks. Like, you know, they surrender just so easily. And so there's that question of whose who's side are the Strongs on? Uh, whose side are the Strongs on? You know, or maybe they're just seeing. Maybe they're just, uh, you know, are they secret Black supporters? Or are they just, you know, whoever, whichever way the wind blows? But, yeah. But it's it's pretty amazing that River Run and the Riverlands and everything are just taken so quickly all at once it all kind of reminds me of season eight a bit right or not season eight season seven um with like danny like doesn't attack king's landing but instead like blockades it and then goes in and takes like um the uh the 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 land around king's landing first i don't know
0: i don't remember her doing much strategy in Season 7. I, I just remember her losing, like, a good chunk of her supporters at sea to Euron fucking Greyjoy. Uh, the fucking Vale and Riverlands, I don't remember them being mentioned at all in Season 7, which is weird, but... I mean, I guess maybe they were in the Reach,
1: don't you remember? So they had that big Dothraki battle against the Lannisters in the middle of the...
0: Right, the, the Lannisters and, and, and the, the Reach-controlled houses, Um, but... I didn't see any Tullys or, or, or Arryns no, no, anywhere yeah. in that season, so... No, no,
1: no, no, they, they were mysteriously gone, yeah. The
0: Stormlords, don't even fucking bring them up, because they <laughs> don't exist at D&D. Uh, but speaking of uh, uh, the Arryns, in the Vale, Jace would treat with Jane Arryn, who decided to align herself with Rhaenyra, but requested that the Vale be guarded from a potential dragon attack from the Greens. They could fend off armies of men, but were vulnerable from above, so she asked for dragon riders to help in such an event, which... Jace agrees he then departs for White Harbor where Lord Manderly still remembers that he's due a Targaryen bride in a previous (laughs) chapter one of Jaehaerys's daughter was supposed to marry him uh, or one of his one of his family members but she died during a race in the streets of King's Landing and uh, one of Jace's brothers Joffrey would marry Lord Manderly's youngest daughter once the war is over securing house Manderly Um, so
1: Jace is also a much better negotiator than Maester Orwell
0: <laughs> you and the Maester Orwell, I swear. Oh
1: man, Maester Orwell. Ugh. I mean, it's only—it's his job. I, I'm just saying, like that's what Maesters are supposed to do. But okay, yeah, to
0: deliver terms.
1: Well, I mean, they're supposed to be—you know—they've got this whole. I mean, granted, they're many hat jobs. Like you're not only advisor and and negotiator, but you're also like the 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 doctor, which is you know. And the, the, and, and the teacher for the kids. Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot. but So I, I could imagine that because they don't just have one job. I can't be like, Maester Orwell, you had one job. I can't really be like that because Maesters actually have an unrealistic amount of uh, things on their shoulders. Um, so... Okay, maybe he focused a lot on his medical studies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jace next stops in Winterfell to treat with Cregan Stark. By the way, it's Cregan, right? I'm saying that yeah, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's fine. Cregan. And that's uh, I'm saying.
0: this is where I, sp- and this part right here is where I smell like a bunch of theories just coming forward from everybody, including yourself. Um, Because we have a lot of stories here of what happened. One story tells us that Cregan and Jace hit it off very well, like brothers almost, hunting and drinking together. Another story tells us that Jace pissed off Cregan by fooling around with his bastard sister, Sarah. And of course, we have uh, Mushroom coming in and telling us that Jace's dragon, Vermax laid a clutch of dragon eggs while in Winterfell, though this is highly disputed by the author. Going as far as to claim that dragons can change gender is just too ridiculous to even consider, and that it's almost <laughs> impossible to tell uh, which gender they are. Which, aren't they... Um, uh, What's the technical term for that? They're her- hermaphrodites, technically, right?
1: Yeah, or something. Uh, um, there, there, there's, there's a whiff of that somewhere in... I think it's um, when Maester Aemon is like finds out that Daenerys is alive and has dragons. He he's like, "Oh, right, because dragons can can switch genders." He says it differently, but he's like, you know, but um he, I think he says it in a more poetic way, but but um it's something like that. Yeah. That um So, I mean, who knows if if Jace's dragon really did leave a clutch or not. I mean, Jason's dragon is kind of young, but I, we don't know how old dragons have to be to, to lay eggs. So maybe, I don't know. So it's tough to say, but yeah, that reason that, that, the, that the sex of the dragon is the problem, isn't the problem that, you know, if the problem either maybe, maybe the dragon laid it or maybe it didn't, but it, not because of the sex of the dragon. But obviously, well, we're supposed to think of like Rhaegar and Lyanna and Bael the Bard and all of that because of, right
0: uh, yeah. Well, and uh, to be fair, uh, you would think that dragons, in order to lay any eggs, would have to be like in a comfortable environment. And we're told several times that dragons really are not comfortable up north in the cold.
1: Right. Right.
0: So that is kind of like I love mushrooms takes, but this is kind of silly
1: because there's a similar. Isn't there a similar story that 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 um. Uh, good Queen Alisane's dragon might have laid some eggs at the wall.
0: And you're like, come on, you know, <laughs> probably not. That That's ridiculous. But you never know. That could be a thing. Uh, but what we do know is that a Cregan and Jace reach an accord known as the Pact of Ice and Fire, which needed to be sealed with a marriage. Uh, Jace had no children, but it was assumed that he would have children of his own once his mother sat on the Iron Throne. So under the terms of the pact, the prince's firstborn daughter would be sent to to the North at the age of seven to be fostered at Winterfell until such a time as she was old enough to marry Lord Cregan's heir. So Jace had now won the allegiance of three powerful houses, two of which held the highest titles of their region. Uh, But the problem starts here where uh, over in the Stormlands, we have like a whole thing all together. And I have to say, I really did like how this section was written between like Eamon and Boros Baratheon?
1: Oh yeah. No, no. This is um this is a big this is a big deal. There's a lot see, I have more even though there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in, in Winterfell that one could think about, um it, I think it's it's more significant what's going on in the Stormlands, you know, like like what happens here um uh, with the Maester and, and everything. But yeah, but 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 continue on
0: about about the, about the Stormlands. You can you can really feel the character, and and oh, yeah. that's definitely that Baratheon like I I, I just really liked it. I'm am a huge Baratheon fanboy. So
1: I know this is why you're so sad that uh, you know they just kind of disappeared in the. Um, that in, was ridiculous. In, in, to in be fair, show. I
0: wanted I wanted to see most of Westeros because I love that type of stuff. But yeah, but uh, during these negotiations, Luceris, also known as Luke, would come flying over to Storm's End to try and win over the Stormlands to Rhaenyra, but he was greeted with Vagar's terrifying roar. And inside Storm's End, Aemond taunted Luke while the boy tried to give his message to Boros Baratheon, who rejected Rhaenyra. As Luke tried to retreat back to Dragonstone, he was chased down by Aemon and killed over the seas of uh, the Stormlands. So yeah, this is first blood.
1: Right, but this this is um this is a very a very interesting uh situation here because You said or- there were
0: Maesters involved in all that.
1: Well, yes, Boris Baratheon is is um,
0: illiterate. And oh, so, right, he gave the letter to his maester, who whispered it into his ears. Right, oh, Jesus, Preston. Yes, this and is that, where the I, now I see it. Okay, <laughs> uh, so this uh, is this is it. the
1: big thing: is mm-hmm. that what the maester actually whispered was not you know was not necessarily uh, the terms, or you know he might have put things in a more rude fashion. Mm-hmm. Or in a more insulting way, or a direct way, um, and so it, it. This is why I say, oh, well, I mean, like, it's very specifically mentioned that Boros is illiterate and that the Maester whispers that, and it's like, well, what other point to the story would there be? Um, you know, that like, why would, it, would he would we even like know? Like, why would we care if Boros is illiterate unless that unless it's significant in some in some way? So. You kind of have to say, well, what did what did the maester really say, or what you know, did it make it all fall? Did it make the the relations all fall apart?
0: See, I don't think this maester is behind the whole like conspiracy thing, like you're like you're putting that, but it, it I, I can't argue against it because that is like the dude is illiterate. Come on, <laughs> Jesus Christ, and. I, that it's hard to convince you out of that one because you have points you you <laughs> right a i mean you,
1: you could you could argue that maybe it was it was unintentional and it was an accident uh you know but <laughs> the point is is that it's got to be it's got to be relevant right or, or else george wouldn't have put that little piece in you know i guess he, he wants guess. us to think about it now with regard to um, Amon and Luke, um this is this is an interesting this is an interesting thing because so Aemon um, uh, uh, flies Vegar and um, in A Dance with Dragons, this is a little aside thing. But in A Dance with Dragons, Tyrion gets into an argument with with um, Halden Halfmeister about what dragon um, this one knight from House Swan tried to attack. And uh, the scene has Tyrion saying, no, it was not Vagar, it was Cyrax. Um, and you're supposed to read it and think, oh, Tyrion's so smart. Like he can outmaester a maester by, by like deconstructing history and be, being like the, all the maester, monkin, maester, Munkin errors. Because like, why would a swan who fights for the Stormlands be attacking Vagar, when the Baratheons supported the greens which is a very very simplistic way of looking at things because in truth the stormlanders uh never joined the war until the very end um they which is like like the very very end of the war did they come in and by then cyrax is dead so and and keep in mind at this point for most of the war like you know Rhaenyra and Cyrax are injured and are not flying anywhere. And then mm-hmm. Rhaenyra brings Cyrax to King's Landing and there's a riot in King's Landing, but no one attacks Cyrax, you know? And, and so, like, how, how this knight, why Tyrion thinks of a random knight from how Swan would be attacking uh, Cyrax is also just kind of baffling. Um, and so I do wonder if somehow... Cause Vagar is here in the Stormlands. I wonder if somehow somebody from House Swan tried to attack Vagar at some point to somehow make Maester Munkin correct that that Vagar is getting attacked. But well,
0: in the chapter, we are we are uh, briefly there's an attention on a, a member of House Swan, which, as we're told, will be important later on. So that that person was there.
1: Yeah. So it may be that you know that. It's funny because there's this whole scene about how, oh, I'm Tyrion and I'm, a, I'm smarter than a maester. And then it's like, no, actually Tyrion's fucking wrong. And Maester Munkin was correct the whole time. It was Vagar you know. But it, you, you would have never caught that. I mean, it's very, it's so incredibly uh, subtle. Mish. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> that, that, that you'd have this scene that, that you think is Tyrion being super smart, but it's actually Tyrion being arrogant that he doesn't know everything. He thinks he's smarter than a Maester and he's not smarter than a Maester. Because Maester Munkin is actually correct. That it was Vagar. It was not Cyrax. It doesn't make any sense to be Cyrax,
0: but Add that to the checklist of things that George <laughs> had to put in here, you know?
1: I know, but it, I mean other people have said like looked at it and like I've had this conversation with others about this particular particular issue because I, I wrote a, I wrote an essay a few years ago about um, about this issue. And, um, some people are like, okay, what you're saying makes sense, but maybe when George wrote a dance with dragons, he hadn't hammered out all of the details of the actual dance of the dragons. And so Mm -hmm. when he, when he actually did, he ended up contradicting himself and I was like, maybe, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Then he'd be like retroactively changing the, the intention of his own chapter, which could be. That's that's like him. <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> very very niche and very um obscure. I think, you know, like like how many people are gonna catch that? Pretty much just me.
0: <laughs> but, I'm sure other people caught it too. I'm sure there'll be that one guy in the comment section. There's always that one guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I was totally totally with you. It was totally it was Vagar, not Cyrax. <laughs>
0: uh Uh, Eamon came back to King's Landing expecting a hero's welcome, but, uh, he didn't really, really receive that. Uh, Alicent was not happy about this, but his brother Aegon II was thrilled that they made the first move against the blacks. Daemon, however, moved swiftly for revenge. Being somewhat of a scoundrel, he knew all the shifty people in King's Landing that could strike back at the greens. Uh, two cutthroats, Blood and Cheese, were hired to sneak into the Red Keep and carry out an act of vengeance on Aegon's children. Yeah. A son um, well, for a well, son. For,
1: first on, um, on the Aemon thing, like, clearly they're trying to do parallels with Amond and Bloodraven. Like, they both miss an eye and they're both kinslayers. Like, everyone's angry at Aemond for being a kinslayer but, and, and being so bold and ruthless. But and which is exactly like Bloodraven, who's also missing an eye, who's very bold and ruthless against his against his kin, um, his half brother. But anyway, continue on. Blood and cheese.
0: So Blood and cheese uh, succeed in slaying one of the king's children before fleeing. And uh, I know some people are going to wonder why I'm leaving out the details of this chapter at the end because I, I it's kind of insane, and I don't <laughs> know if this will get your channel in trouble. So oh
1: yeah, it's really yeah. really like. You're saying if you actually describe the events, like it's going to be like too disturbing, um, uh, to uh, to, to uh, it's it's pretty bad, but it's it's essentially blood and cheese come in and force, um, force a Sophie's choice, right? And then she she makes a choice, and then they they do the opposite, and um, get her, you know, and, and it's disastrous, and everyone gets depressed and. And she ends up killing herself over the whole incident. Yes.
0: So for those of you wondering what pages is on in fire and blood, it's a uh, 426, page four 4- four 426. Um, but uh, yep, that's what Preston said is basically um, how it uh, ends. The chapter ends with a somber on a somber mood as both the greens and the blacks are left with devastating losses. Um, a couple of notes about the chapter mushroom says that Alice river likes to bathe in the blood of virgins to keep her youth, which is A reference to the um, Hungarian noblewoman, Elizabeth Bathory, who supposedly bathed in the blood of over 500 young women. Oh, Um, and and
1: Danelle Lovston supposedly did that too. But yeah, that's the real life uh, history thing.
0: Yes. And in tradition with uh, repeating story beats from the main series of books, we have an elderly Lord Tully on his deathbed and an unmarried female ruler of the Vale.
1: Mm, So Hoster
0: Tully and Lysa Aaron. Uh, And then uh, Lord Tully and his family, as you mentioned before are named Grover, Elmo, and Kermit, which is a cute reference to the Muppets. And of course, Alice River being the Dyke Poke Melisandra.
1: <laughs> do so... uh, we want to talk about uh, blood and cheese? Um, do you, Do you, I mean, do you think that uh, cheese is Laurie Strong? Where would you get that? I didn't, oh. I didn't.
0: How would you get... <laughs> no, I wouldn't think that at all. But why would you think that?
1: Well, the idea that that Varys um, knows the in and out. So, so blood and cheese are supposed to be um, cheese. At least is supposed to be the rat catcher mm-hmm. of of the Red Keep, which is why he knows all of the secret passages, right? Um, but uh, Varys, of course, also knows all of the secret passages, and he before he had his little birds, he had his mice. You know, that's what that's what uh, Illyrio uh, ca- called the little birds before. So there's already this idea that 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 Laris is a master of of mice. And and this guy's a, a rat catcher who knows all of the, uh, the tunnels. And mm-hmm. so strong, Laris strong. Is not he master of whispers? He's the master of whispers, just as Varis is. His name is Laris. It rhymes with Varis. Um, and so the idea is that he is cheese. Um, because they never catch cheese in the end they catch they catch blood they catch blood and they execute him um and I think Laris is the one that actually tortures and kills him which is like hilarious right that he would, <laughs> he would catch he would catch his partner and then torture and kill him just and then and then claim that ah oh, I couldn't get any information out of him when he's actually cheese um that's my theory about the whole thing <laughs>
0: So, so you're basing this off of the fact that the names rhyme, which okay, and they have, I mean, the, same, and they have the same
1: posi- and they have the same position. <laughs> <laughs> the names rhyme, and they have the same position. And Laris is is supposedly the secret secret black supporter, and um the well, the, the mice and the cheese thing.
0: <laughs> the, Damon Damon did say how he still had some uh, uh, allies left in the city, even up even up in the councils of the Greens. So. Yeah, perhaps, but were they even wearing masks when they carry this out? Why wouldn't Allison like recognize him?
1: Uh, because he's able to disguise himself the same way Varys does. You know, they put on they put on like
0: mummer makeup and stuff. Okay, sure, but. So he 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 does what he he does what Christian Bale's Batman does, where he disguises his voice yeah, like this. Like, yeah, absolutely, yeah? Okay.
1: absolutely. In fact, I think there's a time where like Laris disguises King Aegon as a commoner and sends him out. So he, he's totally he's totally into that. <laughs> I I mean, <laughs> yeah, exact, yeah. No, he's totally. I mean, Varys changes changes his stuff, and also Varys. Um, moonlit as a as a um, black cells guard remember so the idea that Laris would be moonlighting as the rat catcher is also like uh would be a parallel
0: kind of situation such a that that that's a random theory and it's so thin but fucking hilarious at the same time that he that he tortures blood
1: oh yeah (laughs) jesus christ well first of all you know what. First of all, when they, when they, because, because his name is Laris, I'm always thinking of Varis, right? And, and mm. he's the master of whips, whispers. So when they talked about somebody that knew the ins and outs of the, the, all the, the, the holes and the secret passages of the, of, of the Red Keep, I immediately thought, oh, Varis, Laris. So it must be, so I immediately thought that cheese, like my, in my first read, I thought that cheese was Laris Strong. Um, and then, re, then kind of like, piecing it together and being like, wait a minute, he tortures his own, like he catches and tortures his own partner. That's fucking fucked up. <laughs> like, well, I mean the entire situation with blood and cheese is really fucked up. So of course, really it's, um, it's just kind of fitting, I guess.
0: And the person who hired them, that was uh, Damon's um, Damon's mistress, his original mistress that was sent yeah. away, sent back to lease.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, right. the white worm. Yeah.
0: And she eventually becomes the um, uh, mistress of whispers under Rhaenyra.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Oh, you might have something there.
1: I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, that's the thing is like, are we ever going to know? Like, there's never going to be there's there's never more that's going to be written about this situation. And George is never going to is never going to extrapolate. So, like, this is all we have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Once the spinoff comes off, they might uh, give a nice nod to that. But uh, the chapter, very short, which I appreciate. Um, very interesting. As per usual, a lot of this like back and forth is uh, them setting it up and them planning and plotting and making promises and packs and, and secret allegiances. I love stuff like that. I always have. That's what really gets me into the whole, the whole series. I, I would say this chapter, the ending of this chapter, ranks up there top five if not top 10 of most fucked up things in all of us of ice and fire but for me what takes the cake usually is uh the wedding night between Ramsey and um um oh, fuck tip of my tongue jane, uh, jane Poole. jane Poole. uh yeah. how that chapter ends with him trying to get theon in on the action yeah the wedding night yeah, yeah. that that ranks is like top up there as to this this i would say is in the top five with that but <laughs> um overall pretty good chapter what did you think
1: yeah, no, definitely. Um, now that we're we're in the uh, the thick of, of of it, this is you know stuff George uh, wrote when he was you know young and 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 ambitious and had a lot of passion and uh, it shows. You know, like this is uh, um, this is good stuff, and it's it's good that they broke it up a little so that we that we can take it in slowly. Because um, I think one mistake I think a lot of people do when they when they tackle Princess and the Queen. Um and fire and blood is you, you try to read it all at once and it's just it's overwhelming, and mm-hmm. so like taking it piece by piece is is is
0: uh the kind of the way to go. Do you think they'll put a lot of the stuff in the spin off? Yes,
1: if I mean if really, the spin-off, if the spin off makes it this far, because this is gonna be like season three or four, right? You know, like nah,
0: no, no way, because the spin off is gonna take place um like just as King Viserys is like um. In uh, uh, power, because uh, I thought originally dance like the whole House of the Dragon thing was going to take place at the very beginning when Aegon is like conquering the Seven Kingdoms, but no, this is going to be Dance of Dragons stuff. So I'm expecting this to be like season one.
1: I mean, if it's season one, that's a, then that that would be really fast, and the entire show would be like two seasons. <laughs> but maybe
0: I mean, it being a limited series is not a bad thing. Cause... I mean,
1: maybe 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 we'll compromise and we'll say this is this is season two stuff.
0: You know season two stuff you think so i mean we're gonna have 10 episodes and and
1: season one with the start of the war and then this would be like the beginning of season two
0: i don't know i can see the the war beginning towards the very end of um of uh season one in fact i i can see this being the penultimate episode the episode nine the dreaded episode where like shit gets real and and dark and heavy Yeah, uh, yeah and things are changed up tremendously so i can see this going as far as that but, um, this is I personally think this is season one type stuff right here. Hopefully, House of the Dragon continues on into the Black Fire Rebellion because that would be kind of cool. I, I always love anthology series, I'm sure you and the audience are sick of me saying that. But, uh, like I said, chapter pretty good. Um, next chapter though, uh, how many pages is that? <laughs> so it starts at I, I'm always curious. You're talking 29 pages, 29 pages. That's not bad. I what's what's annoying is that, like, I always see, like, ah. Uh, so many pages how many how many of this is going to be like random crap that we're not going to really use and then most of it is actually just pretty solid stuff and always engrosses me and that's
1: how <laughs> I, you know like uh oh, george and then you talk to me afterwards and you're like what how did you get that where, where did that <laughs> come from you do find like laris strong being like the being cheese, being cheese? Oh, totally my God. totally like who else Why? who else would be cheese
0: uh, random guy?
1: Lenor La- Valarian? Come on!
0: <laughs> That'll be a real test. That'll <laughs> only if M Night Shyamalan was writing this. Um, Preston, do you have any more to say on the chapter?
1: No, no, that's about all.
0: Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this one. Uh, it was a short chapter, so a fairly short video. Um, we will see you guys next time. Actually, would you want to like have a like nice little break and do a next video as like q and A Q&A thing? Uh, sure. We'll put that on your channel as well. Guys, leave the, uh, any questions you have for the next video, which will be a nice little break where we uh, uh, pause for a minute and do some Q&As and answer your questions about Fire and Blood or a Song of Ice and Fire in general. But as always, we'll see you next time. Have a good one.